morning, everyone. Good to see you this morning. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another day. Uh, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'd meet with us, have your will and way. I pray for all those listening, that you would bless them, uh, encourage their hearts with the word of God this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Now we're all familiar uh, with David and Goliath. And uh, we're going to look at that this morning. You know, of course, you had Israel on one side. And then on the other side, of course, you had the enemy, the Philistines that were there. And every day, the Bible tells us about a giant that... Uh, would come out and uh, uh, defy the armies of Israel. And I want you to look here. We're going to start reading in verse number 8 uh, as he talks about Goliath's challenge here. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. Now go to verse number 16. It said, And the Philistines drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousands, and look how they how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Now go down to verse number 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So it shall be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Now let's go down to verse number 32. David uh, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight, 
with him, for thou art but a youth, and he was a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. And thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, now the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Now, lastly, let's go down to verse number 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. So here we, of course, have the story of David and Goliath. And when we look at this story, I want you to notice a few things. At first, we see that Goliath's challenge here in eight, verses 8 through 10 he basically says, you choose a man and for me to fight. If that man kills me, then the Philistines will serve Israel. But if I kill their man, then Israel will serve the Philistines. And this went on, the Bible tells us in verse number 16, this went on for 40 days. Now that number 40 is significant. When we look at that, it deals with judgment or testing. Think about this. When God rained and flooded the earth, the Bible says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Now remember when Israel was spying out the land of, of Canaan, the spies were in there for 40 days. And because of their unbelief, what happened? God said for 40 years, one, one uh, year for each day they were in there. Forty years they would wander in the wilderness. So when we look at this number that God talks about here, the number 40, it helps emphasize the times of trouble and hardship. And when we look at this, we see that, you know, every day he would come out, basically the Israelites would run and hide. They wouldn't, they wouldn't show up. They, none of them were willing to face Goliath. And, you know, it, it looks like, you know, he, he tells them basically, uh, you know, where's your man? And no one would show up. And so basically they had a man shortage. None of them were willing to go up against Goliath. And the Bible tells us, you know, that basically they were, they were, fearful. They didn't want to face them. And, and that's kind of what's going on in America today. You know, we have, we have the giants we face, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and it seems like no one wants to take a stand against them anymore. And so when we look at this, the Bible tells us about David. 
You know, David comes, his, his dad tells him, I want you to go uh, see how they're doing, take them some food. And so he sends them off there. Now he's doing what his dad told him to do. And the Bible tells us, and this is the part I want you to see, in verse number 20, it says here, they was born forth to battle to fight and shouted for the battle. And that's what I want to preach on is shouting for the battle. We face a battle each and every day and we need to shout for the battle. Now, when we look in the Bible, we find many times, now I want you to think about this. He shouted, that word shout is ruah, which means to shout in triumph, to shout for joy. So before the battle starts, when he comes, before he faces Goliath, he's already shouting for victory. And the rest of them are hiding. They're, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Every time Goliath comes out, they, they run and hid. And so here he is, he comes, and he, as soon as he gets there, he's already shouting for victory. He's already shouting for joy. And you know what? When we look at this, the world these days are silent. When, when, when we look, when things are bad, you know, it, it seems like the only time Christians today seem to want to shout is when, when they get a victory. They won't shout before the victory. They don't have the faith to believe that God's going to bring them victory. You know, uh, when people, when their bills are paid or they get a promotion, uh, you know, things positive that happen in their life, everything lines up, then, then they're willing to shout and praise the Lord. But when one of those things that goes wrong, they have car problems or, or maybe, you know, they don't get a promotion or, or something like that happens, what happens? They don't want to shout. They stay quiet. They stay silent. And so that's what we have today is a lot of people that are silent. And I want you to think back in the Bible, there are several of them that shouted before the victory. Now think about this in the battle of Jericho, when, when, God's people were there and God told them there to march around the city. You know, they shouted in the end, they shouted and the walls fell. Now today, none of us would shout until after the walls fell. And when we look at this, we, we know that, you know, most of the time Christians walk around nowadays with the poochy lip disease. When things are bad, uh, when they're going through a trial or they're going through a tribulation, you know, all they want to do is, is pout and moan and cry about how bad they have it. And here, you know, I start thinking of Paul and Silas. Remember when they were in prison, they were there at midnight in prison, locked up. Now they could have sit there and said, you know, God, why? You know, we, we're serving you and, and here we are locked up. We haven't done anything wrong. And, and they could have whined and complained and moaned, but what did they end up doing? They ended up praising God. They sang Amen. They sang God's praises. And what happened? As they were singing God's praises, an earthquake hit. Amen. And, and it sprung them out of jail. And, and see, they shouted before the victory. They had the faith to believe as the people of Israel did walking around the walls of Jericho. They had faith and believed God at his word. I want you to go to Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27. Here's another story of a man that basically just choose to believe that everything's going to be all right because of his God. Go to Acts chapter 27 and look what Paul says here in verse number 21. Now, 
here they're they're in a ship. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, this this wind comes and and they're in this terrible storm, and and they're fearful of their lives. And and look what Paul says in verse twenty one. He says, "But after long abstinence, Paul stood in forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye have hearkened unto me. You should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete." and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So here they are, they're all worried and they're all fretting, thinking they're gonna lose their lives. And Paul says, be of good cheer for I believe God. And that's the way we should be. We should believe God, amen? He didn't wait to shout before the, the, you know, the storms calmed and the sea calmed and everything else. He didn't wait. He shouted beforehand and he praised his Lord. And, and I think of all the wickedness that's in America today, all the things that are going on, uh, you know, and, and the one thing we need to know is we need to have the faith to believe God, that God's gonna take care of everything. Everything's gonna be all right. We don't have to worry about that. Listen, Paul basically assured these people, listen, God's in control. God's gonna take care of everything. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. You know, there was something to shout about and we have something to shout about in America. Think of all the countries that you could have been born in and see how blessed we are in America. Yet, I, I believe Americans probably complain more than anyone. And we as Christians, we have no right to complain because God saved us from an everlasting hell. And so when we look at this, you know, the enemy, you know, it's, it's interesting how, you know, the enemy was Goliath. Goliath was kind of a picture of the world. You know, that's our fight. That's our battle. And what's sad is, you know, he was going up against him and he was, he was ready to shout before the battle. And yet he got discouragement from his own camp. His brother, Saul, none of them had confidence in him. Uh, you know, here David shows up in camp and they're a bunch of cowards. They're all hiding. Saul, he was the king. He should have just went forth and fought, but he didn't have faith. And so when we look at this, you know, David, first thing he started seeing, he's ready to fight. He said, how dare you talk about my God that way? And he was ready to fight him. And you know what? When we get ready to do something for the Lord, guess what happens? People around us, are gonna question us. His brother questioned him, Saul questioned him. And, and you know, Eliab had told David that he knew why David was there. He said, because of his pride and the naughtiness of his heart. Now you better be careful when you start thinking you know someone's heart. You leave that to God. But you know what, David, you know, he, he come down to see the battle. That's what the Bible says. He come to see the battle. He, it didn't say that he come to be in the battle. 
And when we look at this, what ended up happening? He was the only one in the battle. The rest of them were on the sidelines. He he come and when they when he saw this Philistine defying his God and defying the armies of God, he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he was ready to fight. He said, Is there not a cause? There was a reason, amen. And so when we look at this, you know, David, when his when his brother said that, you know, oh, you just come down to see the battle, he could have said, What battle? You guys aren't you're afraid of him. You won't even go out there against him. And so when we look at this, you know, he had a purpose. First of all, his father sent him there. And he obeyed his father. He was obedient to his father's commands to go down there to where the battle was. And you know what? Our heavenly father has put us here in a battle. Each and every day, the Bible says we're in a spiritual warfare. We're in a spiritual battle. A lot of times we like to look at our enemy as, you know, this group or this person or that person, you know, but our enemy is the devil. The devil uses his children as pawns. He just throws them out there to, to mess everybody up. But we should know that, our, that we're fighting a spiritual warfare and we need to just trust God. We need to just believe God at his word, what God says. Now, here he is, he goes as a boy and boy, by the time that battle's through, he's a man. And so when we look at this, you know, he, you know, I, I remember Saul here tries to give him his armor. You know, he, he finally gives in and says, well, I'm not going to change this guy's mind, this kid's mind. He's, he's wanting to go out there and fight him. I guess no one else will. We might as well send him out. And he puts on his armor. And Saul was, you know, a lot taller than David. And he puts on that armor and you can imagine what that looked like. It didn't even fit him. And, and David basically said, this armor hadn't been proven. But my God had. Now I want you to notice here, let's go back to verse number uh, 36. He says, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So here, what David is essentially saying is, my God has been proven. That armor hasn't, but my God has. And the same, and notice, he gives credit of the kill of that lion and bear to God. And he's given credit before the battle takes place that God is going to take care of that Philistine. Not him, but God's going to do it. And so here we see his faith and his confidence. His confidence is in the same God that me and you serve today. And we should have that confidence. We should be able to shout before the battle. And when we look at this and, and think of the day, you know, everything, you know, we live in a day where everything's new. Everybody wants to try something new. And, you know, I'll just stick with the old stuff. The old stuff works, amen? Uh, when we look at this, we, we've got people, they want a new way. They want a new gimmick. They want a new game. They want a new program. Let's just stick with the old paths, amen? They want a new Bible. They want all, all these things they want, they want new. And we just need to stick with the old paths. That has been proven. Uh, Jeremiah chapter six, verse 16 says this, thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see 
and ask for the old paths, where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. Isn't that wonderful? But what's the sad is during Jeremiah's time and during today's time, look at the response in the same verse. The last part of that verse says, but they said, we will walk, we will not walk therein. In other words, God says, walk in the old paths and everything will be, you'll have rest for your souls. And they said, we're not walking that way. And that's what we have in America today. We have people, they're not going to walk that way. They're not going to walk in the ways of God. They're not going to do the things of God. They're going to go against God. And what's society is many Christians aren't living for God. They're not serving God. And we need to be like David. When we look at this and see how David was, and, and I think today with all that's going on now, this pandemic that has got, I mean, the world is upside down because of this pandemic. And we see how people are full of fear. And what's so sad is many of God's people, Christians are full of fear over this pandemic, over this coronavirus. And, you know, we, we've seen, you know, nothing like this before. I mean, it's been a month of, of quarantine, people wearing masks, people wearing gloves, people social distancing, uh, businesses closing, people losing jobs. Uh, you know, this is not going to go away overnight. We, we still are going to go through it for a while. I don't know how things are going to be and how long it's going to take, but we're going through a battle right now. And so we as Christians, we need to shout now. Don't wait till it's over to shout. Shout now because we know with God, we have the victory. Amen. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So faith is the key to that victory. David had faith in his God. That was the key to the victory. Our key to our victory is us having faith in our God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six. but without faith is impossible to please him. So we're to live by faith. That is the key. During all these times when we, when a battle starts, we need to shout the victory. Listen, that word, as I said, that word for shouted in verse number 20 meant to shout in triumph and to shout for joy. And David did that before he got in the battle because he had faith. That's the way we should be. I want you to notice something at the end. Now, David shouted in verse 20. I want you to notice verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted. They shouted, but not till after the battle, not till after victory was won. And so we're supposed to shout before the battle because we should have confidence in our God that, you know what, we're, we're gonna make it through. When, when we look those at verse number 37, when it said, David said, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. I want you to notice verse number 45. David 
Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the, uh, of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And notice what he says there. This day the Lord will um, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses to the host of the Philistines this day, and to the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. See, his confidence the whole time was in the Lord. He had his eyes on the Lord. When he saw that giant, all he could think of was his Lord. The Bible tells us, you know, he, he basically took one stone and threw, slew it, slew the giant with that stone. He slung it around, boom, and it hit him. First guided missile ever recorded in history. That stone hit him in the temple and he went down. Amen? And David had the victory. And so when we look at this and see that, you know, it just took one stone. Now he had five, but, but he only used one. That's all he needed. But you know what? I've heard different stories of why, you know, he had five stones. We don't know. Five is the number of grace. Amen. And, and some say, you know, he had four brothers. Some, you know, poured out that he had four sons. But he only needed the one. And that's what, because he had a faith in God. And his faith directed that stone and killed that giant. Why? For the glory of God. He gave God the glory before the battle, during the battle, and after the battle. That's the way we should be. You know what? Us Christians right now, during this time of this uh, pandemic that's going on, that people, I mean, are just, they're fearful of what's going to happen. And, and so we as Christians need to show them that we have no fear because the only one we fear is God. If you fear God, you have no one else to fear. And so we as Christians need to shout for the battle. Before we go into the battle, while we're in the battle, don't wait till after. Anyone can do that. Anyone can shout after the battle. It's over with. But we need to show that faith when we give glory to God before it even happens. The world sees that. That is being a witness. That is being a testimony. And this time is, is you know, unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. But we do know who's in control. And if we know who's in control, we should be shouting the victory. Because we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, one of us may die of the coronavirus. But you know what? It's not going to happen unless God plans it. But what a testimony that would be is you shout the whole time. Some of you may know someone that may get it or already have known someone that got it. I don't know. But what I'm saying is we as God's children, this is a time when the world is fearful. When all of a sudden, you know, they went from, you know, I don't need any, I can take care of myself. To all of a sudden now they're fearful for their own lives. And if they could see someone that has the confidence in their God, to take care of them. And their God, no matter what the plan is, they're gonna shout for victory because God will give them a victory, amen? God will give us the victory, but we need to shout now. We need to shine, amen? Shout and shine.
for the glory of God. God bless you. You have a good day. We'll see you tonight at 6 p.m.